This episode of News Dump is brought to you by Masterclass and by Freshly. Netflix for games? What? What an exciting concept that would have been a few years ago. And look, while this still has a lot of potential to be something worthwhile, we've already seen numerous examples of this type of service, both successful, Xbox Game Pass, GeForce Now, and not so successful. Looking at you, OnLive, and keeping a very close eye on you, Google Stadia, On-demand game streaming is absolutely something that is going to dominate the market moving forward. And while it's not as exciting as it would have been a few years ago, Netflix adding video games to their streaming library is a pretty big deal, as long as they don't screw it up, which is also very easy to do. Yeah, so luckily Netflix doesn't have to start from scratch like Stadia did. They already have a built-in subscriber base of around mm, 200 million. A few people. So launching a game streaming service that's packaged alongside its typical streaming package is bound to bring in a decent amount of people looking for a cheap console alternative or uh, just something to keep their kids entertained. Mm -hmm. As things typically go with Netflix, you can assume that their gaming service would start out as something that's just bundled in with what you already pay, but then they'll most likely make it a premium add-on or an extra fee after they've seen whether or not it's actually successful. Mm -hmm. That seems to be the case, according to a recent Bloomberg report on their plans, which uh, comes to us by way of Polygon. Bloomberg, very expensive. Can't afford it. Too expensive. Netflix will expand its streaming service to include video games, quote, in the next year, according to a Bloomberg report. The streaming platform hired a former electronic arts and Facebook executive, Mike Verdu, to head up the project. Man, if there's a combo of uh, two... Places that uh, make me nervous about someone coming in and running things? EA and Facebook. Hmm. All right, whatever. Uh, the, the report added that, quote, games in Netflix's video game expansion will be added alongside the company's current selections, quote, similar to what Netflix did with documentaries or stand-up specials. Games won't cost extra, at least at this point in planning. Now, there's not a whole lot of information about this project other than that, there were some rumors floating around earlier this year that Netflix was looking at adding something similar to the Apple Arcade, which, if true, would mean that this is just going to be games that are slightly above the quality of typical mobile games. Mm. Um, which, I guess, makes the most sense uh, as far as quick adoption, because, I mean, it's like you have a remote or whatever, and... You can only really just cut the rope or Fruit Ninja or whatever yeah. with uh, your basic TV remote or Roku remote. Bejeweled. Yeah, for us, that doesn't really make sense considering that other big players in the space that they would be competing with offer get everything from AAA to indie games pretty seamlessly. Mm -hmm. Seems like it would be a waste of time to add a bunch of glorified mobile games to this Netflix platform. Uh, not that people wouldn't play them, but it wouldn't be very exciting or newsworthy. Yeah, here he goes, Bejeweled. Are you guys excited? You can play Farmville on the Solid Netflix. Solitaire and Minesweeper are coming to your TV. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, then there's the potential problems that are inherent with Netflix entering the gaming space. Would you need additional hardware? A controller? A yeah. lot of games, you need a controller. Uh, that's a huge barrier for a big amount of people, being able to properly utilize this service. Yeah. Especially if they do the Google thing, you're like, you need to buy this, the dongle this and specific then, controller. Yeah, and then that specific controller, because it's like, the Netflix controller, if you turn it sideways, it kind of looks like an old Nintendo NES controller. You have an A, B button on it. But uh, that's it. And a lot of games call for a lot more than that. And if you're using Netflix on a device like an Xbox or a PlayStation already, then, buddy, I got news for you. You're already gaming. Oh, shit. 
Yeah. I could have been gaming this whole time. Yeah. Also, uh, Netflix is, of course, widely known for just giving up on shows after they see data pointing to uh, decreased viewership. You would have to assume that they would leverage those same analytics for any internal game development or even exclusive licensing that they'd be doing for a game service. Mm, Well, yeah. And it's also, it's more, with the shows, it's more like sequels. Because they, they renegotiate their contracts. And as soon as something's successful, they're like, wait, these people want more money? That's crazy. Well, that's stupid. We're just going to cancel it and uh, green light some other bullshit. And then everyone online will yell about it and we'll yeah. say, sorry. What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? Unsubscribe? This is what you wanted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we looked at the data and uh, pointed to us not being able to pay these people as much because they're not bringing in subscribers. And the same could be uh, said for a game. Like, imagine if Anthem was a Netflix exclusive. And it's like, wow, we got a lot of new subscribers when this game came out. But then uh, after a week, everyone canceled our uh, Netflix service. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how they do with exclusives if that is in the plans for them. Uh, Look, if it is just an add-on to the existing Netflix service and it doesn't raise that price, people are going to be real pissed if this gaming thing raises their prices for regular streaming. But if it doesn't raise the price of the base service or you can just opt out of it if you want, then whatever. Maybe we'll actually get some incredible indie games out of this from studios that wouldn't have otherwise been funded. Maybe it'll be something that just sits in your Netflix queue unused. Whatever. It looks like the company is aggressively staffing up for the project, though, and the article did say within a year, so maybe we'll see a big flashy debut at next year's E3. I'm hoping for some intellectual property tie-ins. They've got all this intellectual property. Yeah. And people... The kids, the adults, everyone, no matter what your age, you know what you all love? Intellectual property. And Netflix has loads of it. Technically, Netflix has done game development before mobile games, like to Stranger Things and stuff like that. But yeah. That's a great intellectual property. They do love that intellectual property. A lot of great intellectual property. They do. Think about a, uh, what's what's that movie called? Uh, uh, Money Plane? Money Plane the Game. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you fly the plane with the money on it. Yeah. Orange is the New Black, the game. Yeah. And other Netflix shows. Uh, I haven't watched a Netflix exclusive show in a long time. Yeah, they, I... Like an actual series. Netflix is, uh... I, Actually, no, Queen's Gambit, but that was like a limited yeah, run. Yeah, boom. Of Queen's, yeah, Queen's chess. Gambit chess. There you Perfect. go. Perfect. And they just have to, you know, uh, do everything possible to make Netflix somehow a social network as well because... You want to play against people, right? Yeah, sure, whatever. And they'll even send alcohol to your door so you can get drunk while you play That's chess. That's right. Now you have alcoholism. It's a real 4D experience. But you're still good at chess. It's a real 4D experience. Look, we are, of course, as always, available for amazing ideas like this, Netflix, if you want to bring us in. Consulting, but it's going to cost you. It will cost you a lot of money. But while we're on the topic of gaming, a lot of talk about gaming this week. Yeah. We do have to say, as far as uh, Smash Brothers clones go, the one that was just teased from Nickelodeon, Actually, looks pretty damn fun. Yeah, it's called Nickelodeon All Star Brawl, and uh, yeah, it's it's literally Super Smash Brothers, but with characters from shows spanning Nickelodeon's decades-long, very extensive animated universe, including Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Wild Thornberries, Hey Arnold, Rugrats, Ren and Stimpy, Ah, Real Monsters, SpongeBob SquarePants, and more. No live action. No Lori Death, Beth Dimberg. No <laughs> iCarly. Yeah. No. Uh, none of that. No Keenan Thompson. No. Uh, Ariana Grande. But you can do a roundhouse kick. Final boss, Dan Schneider. 
He's always <laughs> going for those feet. Yeah, yeah, sucking on the feet, sucking on the yeah. toes. Uh, he gets, once he gets your foot in his mouth. The the, the whoopsie guy, uh, I know that's Mortal Kombat, but it comes out and uh, it's it's actually, are you afraid of the dark? And he throws sand. Yeah. 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 There's a lot to pull from him. Mark uh, Summers comes out, but they, he's a germaphobe. They've got, Nickelodeon has a lot of great intellectual property <laughs> in that back catalog. Yes, they do. I've seen just seen their their prop warehouse and it is full of intellectual property. But don't say I don't know, you'll get slimed in the game. Yeah, Mark Summers. He slimes you. Blah. And then he moves cuz ugh, I'm a germaphobe. Yeah. Just like Howie Mandel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, what makes uh, this game even more interesting despite the lack of live action characters yeah. is that uh, according to a bunch of upset butthurt smash players the game will utilize rollback netcode which allows for a much more seamless multiplayer experience. Yeah. That those Smash Brothers just are very envious of. That's uh, that's the big complaint or the big uh, point that I've seen made online is like, Jesus, this Nickelodeon knockoff is going to have better like uh, multiplayer than actual Super Smash Brothers, which is funny. Sucks to suck. Yeah. Uh, on the negative side of things, though, uh, and this is actually a pretty big neg- negative, except, I mean, especially for me, no voiceover work. What? Yeah. None of these classic characters will say any of their old catchphrases during matches. Or anything at all, for that matter. I'm assuming just, like, some generic grunts and, like, ooh, ah, uh. But, yeah, there's going to be no Powdered Toast Man saying Powdered Toast Man or anything like that, Hmm. which is odd. Yeah, that's half the fun right there. Yeah. Anyways, this game is scheduled for release uh, to all consoles in fall of this year. No word on PC version, but uh, it'll be available on pretty much everything else, including the Switch. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one so, you want it on. Yeah, but uh, all right. Now, uh, we've we've talked a lot about IP, intellectual property. Intellectual today. property is the future of intellectual property. Intellectual property is the future of entertainment, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Let's have a little bit of fun here. You've all been waiting for it. Space Jam Two. Does it suck? Well. Look, we got to be honest. Neither of us have found the time. To... I didn't realize it was out until I started saw people posting about it. Yeah, well, I tried to watch it last night at 9 p.m., but HBO had it region locked for midnight on the West Coast. And look, a lot look, of problems with that app. I am, I am very old. I am not staying up till midnight to watch a two-hour movie. Well, I would do it for a certain movie. Definitely not Space Jam. And I didn't look. I couldn't carve out the two hours today. It's two hours long. That's too long for their target audience. Yes. Children. The original wasn't two hours. It was was a solid 90 minutes. Not very solid, but a 90 minutes. Yeah. Anyways, sorry, we haven't watched it yet. I will get around to it. Elliot, probably not. I don't know. I might. Eh. But probably not. We'll have to defer to the real critics out there and see what they think. And uh, looks like, surprise, this thing stinks. What? It Mm. looked so promising. Yeah, all of the clips, and we didn't bring it up last week, but there was a, another the clip. The Matrix one. With Speedy Gonzalez and Brand. <laughs> Can't I check my Twitter? Sombrero. It was, uh, I don't think as bad as the Porky Pig rap, but uh, pretty close. Uh, it was, and it also, cringe. it's all cringe. There's plenty of clips being posted online that are even worse. Like, literally just a direct clip of Mad Max with some of the. Uh, characters animated over it. Yeah, that's what that's what made me furious. People were like, "What are you complaining about? It's just it's for kids." I'm like, I'm like, you don't see the problem with the fact that Warner Brothers was just like, "Fuck it, 
just take this scene from this movie we already own and like animate something over it. Because that's what they did. They like, didn't reshoot they, yeah, it. Yeah, they literally just took something from Mad Max Fury Road and animated Looney Tunes characters over it. And if that wasn't bad enough, the next clip that I saw was Foghorn Leghorn saying, I say, I say, winter is coming. Yeah, while, while he's riding, riding on a and, dragon from Game of yes, Thrones. It, that's the whole movie. It's all apparently. just like reference, reference. References that the target audience of children wouldn't understand Multiple any R-rated movies. Yeah, these are all movies that either are not from their generation or are like way too mature for uh, children to have watched in any time it, It's like they took what, you know, uh, for instance, Pixar does well, where they're like, it's for kids, but we put a couple jokes in for the parents. And it's like, they put, they in their minds, they put stuff in for the parents, but the parents are just the references, direct references to rated R movies. Yeah, it's very strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, if you don't agree uh, with the critics and you're willing to defend this film, by all means, fight it out in the comments section below. I'd love to hear it. But here are what the critics had to say about the film. So first off, the film has a 32% on Rotten Tomatoes, which, yeah, actually not as bad as we would have thought. Yeah. The consensus reads... Despite LeBron James's best efforts to make a winning team out of the Toon Squad, Space Jam A New Legacy trades the zany meta-humor of its predecessor for a shameless, tired exercise in IP-driven branding. Mm. Also, why'd they make her tits so small? She used to be so hot, but now <laughs> she's completely flat-chested. How am I supposed to get off to Lola Bunny in Space Jam 2? Yeah, I believe uh, I believe it was uh, maybe a writer for the New York Times that, that said that. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, no one actually said that. Uh, just people online. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Sam Adams of Great Slate yeah. uh, wrote, Corporations handing a bag of unrelated IP and ordering screenwriters to come up with a story around them is the template for most studio filmmaking now, if not all of contemporary existence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dominic Corey of the New Zealand Herald wrote, Although intellectual property undeniably drives popular cinema these days, this film fails in its duty to come across as anything more than a shameless marketing exercise. Yeah. Clint Worthington from Consequence of Sound wrote, Warner Brothers managed to do the impossible. Make the first Space Jam feel downright simple, quaint, and comparatively appealing. Richard Roper from the Chicago Sun-Times said, I've never seen anything like it. I should stop right there because that's a great review. Put that on the box. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Richard Roper from he the Chicago Sun-Times. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> it's right there. Uh, it continues, though. I also hope to never see anything like it again. Well, we'll cut that part out from the box. <laughs> I wish I could unsee what I have seen. Uh, also, A.A. A. Dowd of A.V. Club said of the film, Space Jam A New Legacy takes almost nothing but wrong turns, all leading to a glittering CGI trash heap of cameos, pat life lessons, and stale internet catchphrases. Now, it looks like the handful of positive reviews uh, came from critics who, in what seemed like a defeated tone just by reading... They exclaim that it's just a stupid kids movie. It's just dumb fun. And who cares? All right. Which I can, I can agree with. I can agree with. This movie absolutely doesn't matter. But it's still okay to wish that it were better than it is. At least the first one had Bill Murray. It did. As he was himself. A I, uh, I haven't watched the new one, but I did partly rewatch the original this week uh, in anticipation for it. And I think one of the funniest moments is... Uh, Bill Murray and Larry Bird are golfing, mm -hmm. and that's when Michael Jordan gets taken away to the Looney, Looney Tunes universe. And uh, they're walking back to the cart, and they're like, 
Wow, that was crazy. I'm going to mark us down uh, both for two on that hole because we weren't mentally like <laughs> we weren't mentally there enough to you know what we witnessed really shook us. So we'll we'll just be a, a two on that hole. Yeah, it's a good. Uh, and that's a joke for the adults. golf joke for all the dads. I never even understood it when I was a kid. So now you know that's the proper way to do it. But uh, yeah, we definitely have a lot more for you in terms of news after the break, including an update on one of our most anticipated dramas based on the Tiger King saga, a bunch of Emmy nominations, and some morally questionable liberties taken in an otherwise impactful documentary. But first, let's take a quick second to thank today's sponsors, starting with Masterclass. Oh, you think you can do better than the director of Space Jam and the six screenwriters it took to cobble this shit together? Well, look no further than Masterclass for that extra knowledge and motivation you need to take your craft, whatever it may be, to the next level. That's where Masterclass shines because you're getting information from literally the best people in the business from a variety of fields like cooking, music, film, animation, business, tech, and plenty more. Six screenwriters. That's a lot. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn the art of DJing and music curation from Questlove, improve your cooking skills from Gordon Ramsay, or learn game design and theory from Will Wright. With over 100 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. Elliot, how's that guitar coming along? Uh, uh, I'm learning a lot from Tom Morello of uh, Rage Against the Machine. Oh, you mean my guitar coach, Tom Morello? My teacher, Tom Morello. He's got got some really interesting insight into uh, guitarmanship. They all say to me, hey, wow, Ricky, that's some nice flair you have on those dishes that you're preparing. And I say, well, you know, my... uh, Chef instructor Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, that's Gordon told me about this. Mm-hmm. And he said, I was not a donkey, actually. Mm-hmm. He said I was very talented. Had a lot of promise. These cinema quality classes give you unparalleled access to literal experts. And the lessons range from showing you how to execute a technique to insights about that craft. You can explore lessons in any order across your phone, tablet, Apple TV, or computer. And at just 10 to 15 minutes, you can squeeze a few lessons in here or there without setting aside an entire day. If you're interested, we definitely think you should check this out. Get unlimited access to every Masterclass. And uh, for our viewers, you can get 15% off an annual membership. Just go to masterclass.com slash newsdump. That is masterclass.com slash newsdump for 15% off Masterclass. This episode is also sponsored by Freshly. Stressed, tired, just don't feel like cooking. Food that's fast doesn't have to be fast food. Freshly offers quality meals without the hard work of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. We both used Freshly when work and life became a bit overwhelming, but you still want to eat well without the stress of shopping, cooking, and planning and all that. And it's great. Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door. No cooking required. Grocery shopping and cooking can be a pain, especially right now. And with Freshly, you don't have to. Your meals arrive cooked and fresh every week, so you can keep your fridge stocked and skip the trip to the store. Ordering's easy. Visit Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak, peppercorn, sausage-baked penne, or their chicken pesto bowl. Freshly can fit your lifestyle with a variety of plans and meals to pick from, you know, whatever works for your dietary needs or your preferences or tastes and even your family size. And right now, our viewers can try Freshly for just $6.16 per meal. Stop searching the internet for healthy food near me every night and start living life freshly. Your meals are always delivered fresh, never frozen, and they're ready to heat and enjoy in just three minutes. With new meals added each week, Freshly brings the convenience of chef-made, nutritionist-designed classics right to your kitchen. Freshly is offering our viewers, that's you, $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com newsdump. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com newsdump for $40 off your first two orders. That, that is Freshly.com newsdump. That's $40 off first two orders with that link, or just click them down below in the description. All right, back to the news now with the heartbreaking announcement 
that we might never get to see the most perfect, dramatized version of the Joe Exotic story. Obviously, we're talking about the adaptation that would have starred Nicolas Cage as Joe Exotic, which, again, pitch-perfect casting. We were beyond excited for this. Yeah. But it looks like this one might never see the light of day because, according to Cage himself, Amazon has shelved the project entirely. Uh, this news stems from some recent press interviews that he was doing for his new movie, Pig, which apparently is really fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much any uh, indie film Cage stars uh, in these days is good. He, he He's in a bit of a renaissance. Yeah. And even when they're not good, they're at least fascinating. Yeah. I still haven't seen the Five Nights at Freddy's uh, sort of movie. Oh, did that already come out? It came out in like February. Oh, I never saw it. But uh, I've seen Mandy like five times. I liked Color Out of Space a lot. A lot of mm -hmm. people didn't like it, but I enjoyed it. I thought I thought Nicolas Cage, perfect casting in that movie as well. Uh, I, the trailer for Pig looks incredible, and I'm happy to see that the reviews are uh, very good as well. So uh, that's next on my Cage list. Mm -hmm. But uh, maybe him, uh, you know, going broke in the 2000s uh, was a net benefit for everyone but Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Because we got See, some great acting. Starting with, starting with, uh, 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 what's that, the Port of New Orleans? <laughs> Bad Lieutenant. That was one of the first, like, Cage yeah. coming back and being a complete psychopath actor. Yeah. Yeah, incredible. That's what he's Anyways, for. from Variety, the Oscar-winning actor who is currently earning rave reviews for his performance in Pig revealed that he is no longer scheduled to play the Tiger King in a series from Amazon, which he implied, has been shelved for now. Sources close to the situation say the project, produced by Imagine and CBS Studios, inspired by the Netflix docuseries Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness, may be shopped out to other outlets. Quote, We should clear the record, Cage told Variety. I read two excellent scripts, which I did think were excellent, but I think Amazon ultimately felt that it was material that had become past tense because it took so long for it to come together. They felt at one point that it was lightning in a bottle. But that point has since faded into the distance and is no longer relevant, which obviously sucks because while it is correct to say that the general interest in Joe Exotic, the person, has passed, mm -hmm. the interest in Nicolas Cage portraying Joe Exotic is still at an all-time high, at least in this room. Yeah, and I was hoping for, like, I mean, why bother doing a straight biopic? We've already seen the story yeah. with the real people. I was hoping for them to get weird with it. Break the fourth wall. And take some liberties Let with the story. Let me into Exotic's brain, you know? Take some liberties with the story uh, of what we didn't get to see. You know, yeah. his first couple relationships, uh, yeah. you know. Hit, there's literally multiple seasons of content that you could have gotten out of this, specifically with Cage as Joe Exotic. So yeah. this is a huge bummer. I hope someone picks it up. Maybe Netflix should uh, cancel games and pick this up instead. Just take all the money that you would have used in developing games that no one's going to play. Yeah. And give it to Nicolas Cage. But uh, speaking of award-worthy performances, the Emmy nominations dropped this week. And while we're not going to sit here and go through all of them, boring. Yeah. Uh, here's some of the information that stood out. Most, most notably, the fact that Quibi rose from the dead to nab eight <laughs> Emmy nominations. Yeah. Eight more than you've ever gotten, you chump. <laughs> yeah. Great news for Roku, who acquired all of Quibi's content for, like, a steal, for a song. After it all crashed and burned very publicly. Yeah, Roku's really winning here. And I think we talked about this, that uh, within the first week on Roku, the Quibi content got more views than the entire run it's of like lifetime. actual Quibi. Yeah. Wow, it's almost as if the platform itself was the problem. There's going to be two like <laughs> remnants of, uh, specifically in LA, of the coronavirus. And it's going to be like, you know, walking around and seeing masks on the ground and seeing uh, old Quibi ads that haven't been replaced uh, for over a year. Because yeah. they're still up. I still see them driving around. It's just like a faded Quibi ad. Yeah. 
You guys want to watch Die Hard on Quibi? Now, to be fair, these eight nominations, they came from just three categories, and each category was based on short-form content. So, sure, whatever. Yeah, Emmy nominated. That is their niche, and yeah. they're really going for it. Good mm-hmm. for them. Anyways, the other big ones this year were WandaVision getting 23 nominations. Uh, and that sounds like a lot until you hear that Mandalorian got 24 nominations, and The Crown tied that number. So the- more intellectual property. Marvel, Star Wars, and the British royal family. <laughs> I'm tired of all this IP. Yeah. Yeah, technically, yeah. Mm-hmm. My favorite comic book character. Uh, Princess Diana. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, literally all of those exclusive to a streaming platform. So, fuck television. Other notable standouts include nominations for The Boys. Nice. Co- Cobra Kai, Pen15, Ted Lasso, The Queen's Gambit, Big Mouth, and Bo Burnham's Inside. Hmm. Hey, what do those all have in common? They're all streaming shows. Oh, yeah. Which is, it's wild, but at this point, not very surprising. TV's for boomers. Uh, The winners will, of course, be announced when the event airs and no one watches it on September 18th. My birthday. Hey, happy Happy birthday birthday to me. I get an Emmys. (laughs) I hope you don't have any plans because the Emmys are airing on... No, I don't want to party. Get the hell out of my house. I'm watching the Emmys by myself. And I'm, I'm going to live see, tweet it. I'm going to see Quibi take home the gold. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much the only thing I can assume that will be passed around in any kind of viral sense from this year's Emmys would be Bo Burnham's acceptance speech for winning or a clip of Bo Burnham losing to the Friends re- reunion or the West Wing voting special, which are both in his category. I think he's probably going to lose. I think his shit was too real and too millennial for the people who vote on these things. I feel like that... That uh, comedy special kind of transcended uh, its niche because I saw like you would think I saw a bunch of uh, very established like older comedians like being blown away by it. Older comedians. I saw a there is no shortage of uh, pretty much any entertainment site all the way up to Entertainment Weekly and Variety and all the big ones that had like multiple articles about. The special so doesn't matter. Those are, you still haven't. Those aren't the people who vote on these things. The people who vote on these things are hey, 150 Wing. years old. West Wing, my favorite. They are albino, and they, yeah, they all they like. They're like, give it to the queen. It was so, uh, it was so dignified. I'd like to meet Look the queen that. one day, so maybe this will get yeah, me in the door. It's the, I mean, if it wins, that's great. I just don't have a lot of faith. Like the Emmys has a, a track record of like having just absolutely baffling shit win. Uh, the craziest one, uh, a great actress, I can't think of her name off the top of my head, but she won Best Supporting Actress for a literal 14-second cameo in uh, some series. Like I know that series. Ago. I know that name. Yeah. And even she was just like, what? Well, why was well, I known as this? Yeah. Anyways, there's your Emmy news. Yeah. And finally today, are you ready to get angry and sad at the same time? Mm-hmm. Well, the Anthony Bourdain documentary, Roadrunner, is out now in certain theaters. And, uh, yeah, apparently it's a real bummer. Who would have thought? Uh, yeah. Also, it has some stuff in it that will make you extremely angry. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? And, and bummer about the uh, last uh, months and days of yeah. this beloved chef, uh-huh. uh, his life. But, yeah, I mean, you saw that coming. If you know anything about Anthony Bourdain, you know what you're getting into. Any documentary about his life and its abrupt end is going to stir up some serious emotions for anyone who was a fan of his work. Uh, But there's also a bit of creative license that the filmmakers took that mm, seems kind of morally questionable, especially with the news that uh, 
despite the claims of the filmmakers saying that his family uh, signed off on it, uh, they say they absolutely did not sign off on it and simply heard about it through the news like everyone else. Literally, I heard about uh, it from a quote from the director who said that he got permission. Uh, so yeah, the filmmakers, uh, here's what they did. They used artificial intelligence to deepfake Anthony Bourdain's voice so that they could get a voiceover of him reading something that he wrote, but he never spoke out loud. Yeah. Uh, here's insider.com. There were three quotes there I wanted his voice for that there were no recordings of, the film's director Morgan Neville told The New Yorker in a new interview. For those quotes, Neville said, I created an AI model of his voice. Specifically, an email sent from Bourdain to his longtime friend, the artist David Cho, is read in the film in a voice that sounds like Bourdain. Quote, my life is sort of shit now, the voiceover of Bourdain's email says. You are successful, and I am successful, and I'm wondering, are you happy? That quote, it turns out, was the deep fake version of Bourdain, not Bourdain himself. He would not have liked this. No! Like, if anyone would have thought this was some bullshit, Anthony Bourdain, like, from where I'm standing, I'm like, I, I, I think this use of it sucks. I, I think there could probably be better uses for it at some point if you showed me different think, possible uses. But I think in this case, it's like, why not just have David Cho read the fucking email? Why do you need to like resurrect a dead man to read an email that his friend, who he sent it to, is already reading to you? That's the thing is it's like, I don't know when this would be correct to use. Because I'm, I'm thinking in my head like, yeah, maybe, you know, if enough time had passed or something like that. But even then, it's like, no. I wouldn't want to hear like... Robin Williams say something that he never like was yeah. quoted on camera or microphone saying like something that he wrote that was deeply personal but he never voiced to an audience or or to someone that it was recorded like I wouldn't want to I would yeah. feel strange hearing that it's, it's a bit odd so I don't know when the proper usage would be anyway other interviews with the director including one with GQ quoted him insinuating that he had gotten permission from Bourdain's widow and estate to do the deep fake quote uh, with one reading I checked with his widow and his literary executor just to make sure people were cool with that, Neville said. And they were like, Tony would have been cool with that. I wasn't putting words into his mouth. I was just trying to make them come alive. However, upon hearing this news, Bourdain's widow, Octavia Bourdain, took to Twitter exclaiming, I certainly was not the one who said Tony would have been cool with that. Jeez. Uh, yeah. And so, and, and that's, that whole situation's weird because they... Were separated. They were separated, yeah. Yeah, but she is technically his widow because they were still married at the time. And she is, like, in charge of his estate because uh, they also have a kid together. Mm -hmm. So she's not Asia Argento, the person that a lot of people fucking hate. I uh, fucking hate. Rightfully. Yes. Uh, who probably played some role in how things ended up. Almost certainly played some role yeah. in how... The, look, entertainment industry seems big, very small. Lots of people... Even when this happened, got a little loose-lipped, mm -hmm. and we're like, yeah, this is fucking her fault. Yeah. So Anyway, that's, uh, that's one interesting, fun new way to ruin an otherwise interesting documentary that gives an inside look at the final months of a beloved chef and entertainer's life. Great job. And uh, yeah, one fact still remains. Fuck Asia Argento. Yes. Yes. Her dad's all right. Her movies, at least. No, he created that daughter. Yeah, shit, you're right. Never mind. Anyways, that's it for News Dump this week. We'll be back very soon for a new episode of Weekly Weird News. But in the meantime, check out our most recent episodes over here. New episode of Tech News Day and a new episode, or a, a recent episode. Uh, look, you'll watch them. What was Tech News Day? Oh, the, the Gabe boy. 
yeah, the Valve uh, Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. And all the little girls getting bullied for name, being named Alexa. Yeah. Well, there you go. Watch both of those, and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.